listening to the Art of Play podcast. This podcast is about play, not just childhood play, all play. I'm here showing how play and creativity are means of not just being better adults, but better, well-rounded humans. Happy Friday. We are here to continue our series of interviews from different creatives from a myriad of fields. These are people who have endeavored to make a living out of their outwardly creative tendencies, even if, like today's guest, their educational path may not at first make you think creative. They are coming on to share their field, their struggle, their outlets, and most importantly, how they manage to be playful, even when it might be their day job. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Paige Sander of the Instagram and YouTube channel for Farmhouse Vernacular. She and her husband are double-degreed engineers each, and both grew up on farmland. When it came time to find a house, they both wanted to settle on some land of their own in a house they could make their own. They found a 1905 farmhouse on 50 acres, and it fit the bill with precision. They have taken the time and creativity to restore their home with an online audience and taking us all on entertaining diversions through remodeling bathrooms and kitchens and stairways and learning how to do things in the 21st century through, you know, being trained by online resources. Through all of these things, Paige manages to keep a cheery entertainment about her. And it was actually on one of her soapboxes about play that I pounced on the opportunity to interview her and gain her perspective on why play is looked down on but why it's ever more pressing than ever before to use it as a resource. So uh, let's get straight to the interview. So why don't you tell the people who you are and what you do? All right. My name is Paige Sander. I run an Instagram, YouTube, blog, social media business called Farmhouse Vernacular. We bought a 1905 farmhouse about three years ago and have been going through the process of renovating it, uh, which is no small task because pretty much every single room needed to be taken down to the studs, built back up. And as we've been doing that, I've been trying to make it as correct to the age of the house as possible. Yeah. And, and just for the people out there, she's been doing an amazing job, like diving <laughs> down all the research rabbit holes and find, figuring out what's the appropriate use for for each space and not just to the studs. I mean, you're redoing foundation work. You're, I mean, you're oh, yeah. basically rebuilding parts of the house. Yeah, this this house, I I adore it. It's, I he, he's a him, I love my house, but he has not been well taken care of. Everybody just kind of put new layers on top of him. Didn't really take the time to, to make him look good or to really do anything properly. So we're having to undo all of that deal with a lot of rot and water damage from those bad decisions and then rebuild it up properly so it'll stand for another 120 years which you know so fun yes so so much fun it's a big adventure and really really fun (laughs) well and you guys you do a very good job you and your husband both do this you both are trained as engineers you both have degrees in engineering right Yes. And yes, so correct. you're also fascinated by the process. So you could take us along on these journeys of why things need to be done certain ways or what actually, you know, the components need to be. So it's a fascinating journey along that whole plane, but you guys are so excited about it that I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody else gets so excited about the fact that the, like the the cladding the cla- right? yes the yeah. cladding, the cladding like, is goes diagonal diagonally it's a structural support thing yeah <laughs> it was like we're, this is something i never was interested in before yeah. but now i'm totally fascinated <laughs> yes yes <laughs> exactly i mean we're both engineers and we're both actually dual degreed engineers so there was four degrees between the two of us which means everything we do is four times more complicated than it should be <laughs> um but it it means that we just we're not professionals. We're not contractors. We're not carpenters or anything. We've mm-hmm. just, we know enough to be dangerous <laughs> and take on pretty much <laughs> anything in this house that it has to offer. And fortunately, this is a wood frame house. It's not brick. It's not stone. It's not anything that's terribly complicated. Um, and we've had, you know, one class on building things with wood <laughs> structural members, and that's enough for us to just jump in just and start repairing in. windows and, and anything else we have to do. Yeah, well, and it's it's a really fun journey. You've, you've, you know, happened to take social media there along with you, and it's really fun to watch. But, like, 
in addition to all of that, um, the best parts of your Instagram, in my opinion, are when you are celebrating the things that fit your vision, right? Yes. <laughs> if you have your, your overall view, you love to see it come together and you do not back off of sharing your excitement with the world. And it is fantastic this, because the world needs more of it. Yes, this this is 100% true. Yes, my mother actually is is a huge reason for the amount of joy that I find in things for this house because I have a very strong vision with every room. I know exactly what color it's going to be. I know exactly where the furniture is going to be. And usually I need to find some specific pieces to fill in the blanks. And when I find those pieces, it feels like a treasure hunt. Mm -hmm. And she and I have been, we, we go antiquing together. We, um, you know, obviously I grew up with her celebrating her own finds in her own house. Right. And right. she was a very big believer in celebrating everything. I mean, if we had a hard test on a Thursday and we did well on it, she would break out the China and, and we would have a full-blown meal in the dining room just because somebody did something worth celebrating and worth finding joy in. Um, and so with this house, that kind of little celebration of seemingly ridiculous things has just kind of exploded. I mean, one of the big ones is baskets. I was collecting baskets for six months for my pantry. And every time I would find a basket that was perfect, I would absolutely lose my mind because I knew that that little 50 cent basket was contributing to this vision that I had of mm -hmm. the pantry. Um, and it, it, it has kind of become a thing on social media is that people know when I, when I get something new, I'm going to get really, really excited about it. And I'm probably going <laughs> to hold the camera up and, and show what I'm doing. Um, but it's, it's kind of strange because people do ask, like, how are you, are you actually that happy? Do you actually get that happy over things? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's very easy to not be that happy. It's oh, very, very easy to not be that happy. Especially when you're showing your face to a bunch of strangers. Right, right, right. I mean, I have thousands of followers and not all of them see everything, but enough of them, you know, if you put them all in a room, they're not all going to fit. Right. So if you, if you think about going, um, being really happy is not a thing that we do as people. Right. 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 Like, you know, you almost, especially you were for to yourself. Just, Right, right. It's for, for yourself, yes. maybe for your family. But if you if you jump up and down in the middle of a mall and scream, yes, you're the weird one. Yeah. Which is, you know, OK, maybe it's just not what people normally do. But it's it's so easy to to be like, oh, I found a basket, you know, great. Good for me. But it, it's almost um, not quite faking it till you make it, but acting a little bit bigger than you feel and a little bit more excited than you feel mm -hmm. and then that in turn makes you feel more excited right. and then all of a sudden this little basket has just added like the most joy to your entire week and you can ride that basket high <laughs> for three or four days uh-huh yes <laughs> right yeah right and it so it, it's like as you do that and as you start to learn to to be bigger which I do feel fortunate on social media that you kind of have to have a personality if you're going right. to do anything on it. Yes. Um, and so part of my personality has been just being bigger and more exuberant. But the, but the trade-off of that is that actually I get really, really happy when something <laughs> good happens. Which is like, I mean, in putting it plainly, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. I mean, if you lay it out like that, why shouldn't we just be so excited every day we have something little to celebrate mm -hmm. right i mean there's it's, enough bad days in the world i mean it is 2020 people there is yeah, bad days all the time why not yes. have a good day every now and then and have a really good day because you had a good day right yeah. right and it and i think you some people i think believe that you have to have an entirely good day with no problems in it whatsoever in order to actually have a good day but somebody uh, it was somebody on my Instagram, I don't remember who, but they phrased it as collecting joy. Whereas you go through your day, you look for little things that you can kind of collect and hold with you that are joyful and that are fun. And a good day is not necessarily a day where everything goes right. It's where you've been able to collect enough joy to make the not so good stuff worth it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, that really resonates because I feel like that because um, we pick up plenty of negative things and carry them with us. 
mm-hmm. but it might be easier to set those down if yes. you're looking for the next little joy to pick up. I mean, if you're holding all of this joy, how much negativity can you hold? Right. Right. Yes. And it, it doesn't mean that, you know, bad stuff doesn't happen or that you're not going to be totally defeated and cry. And it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. It means that even while bad things are happening, if you're breathing, you're doing better than a whole lot of other people. Right. Yeah. And check <laughs> right? a good box. Yeah. 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 So it's just, it's been really fun to be able to share that joy. Um, not even necessarily for myself, because I do, I do get really excited about things. I like stuff. It's just part of my personality. But now there are people who come to my Instagram channel and come to my YouTube page and say, um, watching your joy is my daily joy, oh, which totally. is like, oh, that's, that's yeah. such a gift to be able to share that. Right. Well, and I have, I mean, I save your stories when I see that you're excited I save them to watch later when I know I can watch them unmuted because it's so much better with sound (laughs) and and, and it really does. It picks you up. It puts a smile on your face. It just kind of is an uplift, you know, it's an upwind Mm -hmm. for, for everybody. And we're, I don't know. I just think that the world needs more of that. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting more of that and looking for Mm -hmm. more of that and being more of that. I don't think that's a problem. And it's, you know, again, you're not always going to have great days. You're not always going to have perfect weather and everything, but it is, it is strange to me that it's so normal to complain about work or to complain about your life and complain about things like that's normal. But if you say like, I found a basket or I found a mirror and I would do this when, before I made this social media, my full-time job and in my engineering jobs, you know, I found a rug on Facebook marketplace this weekend and people would look at you like, what, why, why are you so excited about a a big deal? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think too, there's a lot of, um, it's almost like it's ingrained in our culture to judge people for being happy, right? There's the judgment of um, not doing it the way somebody else would, and yet mm-hmm. that's why they're coming to you, right? They're, right? they're coming to you because you do see things a little differently, because you do things a little bit, you know, maybe right. you do provide that uplift for them, and that's different than the way they see the world. But then you get this judgment of kind of how dare you, You know, Mm -hmm. like it's just the dichotomy of the world. Like you can't actually have both sides of the coin, which is ridiculous. I mean, absolutely. We we also have a harder time letting each other be our own people, and that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother can of worms. That's (laughs) That's a whole whole nother episode over there. (laughs) Maybe maybe more than one. Yeah. um, But I think people fear. Again, they fear the crowd of people that they don't know versus the one or two people that really know them that would celebrate that joy with them. Yes. Right. And I think your follower base, what you share, you share, you know, people being happy with you, people being excited that you did find that basket, that you did find the right color yellow, that you did find whatever they find joy in. And then they, you know, they promote that as well. They prompt that you're really good at sharing those things, but I'm sure you get the other side of things saying, Hey, can you just like come down with the rest of the world? Let's all, let's all just be miserable together. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like that's kind of the undertow of society is we want everybody to be bottom dwellers. We want everybody to just come down with the rest of us and have bad days always not celebrate those little things. And I feel like you strike this good balance because you're so playful about it, right? You, I mean, yes, <laughs> you love to like, you have this vision in your head. Of, I mean, not, this is going to sound strange, but I can't think of another way to describe this, but kind of like a childlike vision, you know, in your imagination as a kid, you have this vision of whatever you're playing out, right? Whether it's a castle and a knight or whether it's a, you know, tree house, that's a fortress, whatever it may be you have this vision of what you're actually doing Mm -hmm. and you've brought that into the exciting parts of adulthood and you have this vision and this broad imagination of this is what it can be. And we're working towards it together. And it's, you know, it's an exciting process altogether. And 
how did you, did you have to cultivate that? Or is it, again, that coming from your upbringing? I think a lot of it does have to do with my upbringing because the way that I talk to my audience is very much the way my mother and I talk to each other. When we get really excited about something, when we go thrifting or antiquing, um, like we will see a piece and it instantly has a story. it's like, well, that, that would look really good next to the pie safe. Do you think the pie safe would like that? I think he might like that. That, that would make him feel very stately. There's a lot of personification and there's a lot of, of games and a lot of kind of childlike enthusiasm for things. Not that we can't be serious. I mean, my mother's been in marketing for years. I was an engineer. Like I I got the serious thing. Like we got that. We're good with that. (laughs) But there's, there's no harm in it. It's literally harming no one to entertain yourself and to amuse yourself by making up stories and personifying inanimate objects, just, just to entertain yourself while you're doing something. And so when I started sharing this house, who, who really is a, a person, because I, I do have such a ridiculously strong vision for all of the rooms, it feels like a person. But when I started sharing it, that kind of way of talking, I guess, leaked into my social media mm-hmm. and people kind of attached to it. They're like, wait, what are you doing? Like, why, why do, <laughs> for example, one of the most recent sagas is that we were getting a dumpster and who in their right mind is going to be excited about spending $600 to load away 30 cubic yards of someone else's crap. Right. That is, I mean, if you're looking at it objectively, that is terrible. That is the worst. <laughs> but the dumpster became a story because I was supposed to get it and then it didn't show up. And then the next day I was supposed to get it and it didn't show up. And so it became kind of this this playful story in which there was this, you know, narrator, me, who's trying to get a dumpster. And then there's this conflict because we can't get the dumpster. And then when the dumpster showed up, I had hundreds of messages of people who were like, why am I this excited about a dumpster? I have no idea. Right. I was was one of those people. Can I just like a dumpster? She got her dumpster. It wasn't as big as she wanted, but it was there. She got it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so like the combination of story te- storytelling and then also this sort of playful outlook on things, um, people have shown up for it. And with with this house, so much of what was originally here is gone. It's just, it's not here anymore. It's been taken out, it's mm-hmm. been tra- tampered. Um, and so I've had to do a lot of research and figure out what would go back that looks correct to the age of the house. But that doesn't necessarily mean reading a textbook and saying, this is what houses looked like in 1905, Mm -hmm. because that's not out there. That doesn't exist. Right. So what I've had to do instead is essentially make believe what it would be to be in a kitchen in 1905. What were the limitations? There were no electricity. This, this house didn't have running water. There were no refrigerators. There was a wood stove. And so you have to sit in the room and pretend that you have all of these other things. Yeah. And that, I, I guess that that is a form of play because you're pretending that you're somewhere else. And what's, what's so interesting is that in pretending and, and thinking about the way that they used to do things, there's a lot of utility in it. There's a lot of emphasis on efficiency and on um, simplifying and, and returning to some of these handcrafts that we just don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. And mentally, I find that really relaxing. To, to be able to, to do things that disconnect from technology and, and disconnect from, you know, all of the craziness that's out there. And I only found that because I had to sort of invent this history to figure out what should go in my house, if that makes sense. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think not enough of us are willing to go there. Not enough of us are willing to sit and say, why doesn't this feel right? Like I have to sit here and figure out why it doesn't feel right instead of just letting the not feeling right irritate us to the point of, you know, we're agitated and we just take it out on everybody else around us, Yes, you know, instead of fixing the, the feeling of the house or fixing the problem, we just kind of let that build. Yes. And I, I find it fascinating that I mean, because it's true. They didn't think to write down what was in a house in 1905. They didn't have time for that crap. Mm-hmm. Like, 
there's there's no nope. time. I mean, you know, <laughs> there's, there's no electricity, guys. We're pumping our own water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, there's, exactly. There's nothing going on that we yes. can't like that we can't fill our days with other things. And so, uh, watching that process of you being imaginative and working at it and getting excited about things, and then you know some of your plans don't pan out, and so you alter it, and then you're more excited about what could happen you know, some other potential yes. answer. And it perpetuates this feeling of being really happy and satisfied with the work that you've done. Yes. Right. You can sit there and actually enjoy it because you enjoyed, maybe you didn't enjoy the whole process for sure. Cause nobody wants to go down your tiny little crawl space. I'm like, <laughs> I will not sign up for that. No, no thank yes. you. <laughs> but they will actually you know, find more satisfaction if they would take the time to solve the agitation problem. Yes. Right? Like, why, yes. why do I find this room so unsettling? Why do, I, why do I not like being in my backyard? If people would just take some time mm -hmm. and imagine other possibilities, yeah. I think they would be more satisfied. But we don't know how to go into our own imaginations anymore. No, we're out of practice. Yeah, for sure. Like, we, we haven't done it for so long. I mean, you think about kids they they pretend that they're a dragon and then a princess and then a fireman and then a cat and then you know you want to be a mom or a dad or something they, right. they make believe all of these things to test them out and then at some point we just don't anymore right right it's like we just we just stop that and how are you going to think creatively and think outside of the box in the boardroom or you know at your job if you've stopped learning how to pretend to be something else Right. Well, and I, f I mean, I think that's why we stagnate so much as adults. We kind of just pigeonhole ourselves into this. Well, I am this and I mm -hmm. can't be anything else. It's like, well, no, mm -hmm. you're a person who can be a lot of things, you know, you yes. can, you can develop a lot of talents if you just want to, you know, it's just right. your desire pushing you. It's not actually even anything but that. Mm -hmm. So is your husband also this way or is this just... I mean, he's a little less exuberant than you, I will say. He's maybe a little toned down. Maybe that's the engineer speaking. Yes, he, he's definitely more of what you would think of when you think of an engineer. He's very technical, very analytical. I have a theater background. I did theater for six years in, high, in middle school and high school. So mm -hmm. I kind of came from that being larger than life and, and over-expressing things and uh -huh. being very, very dramatic. Uh, and then I just happened to sort of tack on the engineering underneath that. He is um, creative in a different way, I think. He likes to create really elegant solutions to problems. And he will mm -hmm. sit and he will he will obsess and he will just, just pick at something until he comes up with this beautifully elegant, simple solution for some ridiculously complex problem. Yeah. So he we are very silly with each other. We, we laugh almost all the time. We make silly voices. We pretend that we're various people and just, just generally horse around and have a lot of fun together while we're working. Um, he's not quite as thrilled with my addition of baskets as I am. <laughs> well, you know, we can't all, we can't yeah. all win. <laughs> can't win all of them. No. <laughs> but I think too, he, his solutions complement really well your vision and your drink because it's not what I mean in 1905 that's how that went yes right? like it dovetails really well with what you want for your house and how you want to solve these problems and you you do seem to you know have a good partnership that way and it's actually really nice that you can let each other kind of be you know you have your own roles but they yes. work really well together and that's like it's really nice to see because I feel like not a lot of people show that part you know that yes it is hard to work together but there's also mm -hmm. some you know benefits to that yeah yeah and I, I think that's just another another thing that's very common today is it it's you know common to complain about your spouse it's common to, oh, yeah. to just that's like you know water cooler talk and um both my husband and I wrote our own vows and we had 10 things that we wanted to say to each other. And one of them that he said to me that I was like, man, that was a good one is he said um, he would never speak badly of me to other people. And I've since adopted that. That's something that we just do because it's not, it's not healthy and it doesn't promote the happiness that's supposed to be there when you're with a person. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's so, also none of anybody else's business. 
Like, yeah, that's true. Like, just, it's just nobody else's business. You yeah, don't need like, to be you, bringing you it to don't anybody. Need to know that. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, and the, I mean, I think that I think that shows through in your relationship because you really do like give each other a lot of grace and leeway, and you know, and I love the um, what was it when you were he dropped a screw and you had the like, oh. four minute video <laughs> of creative curse words or something like that, and, and I mean. The, the yeah. fact that both of you could laugh at, I mean, it's frustrating. We, we've remodeled our home and we've remodeled two previous to this and it's not all, it's not sunshine and rainbows. And e even in the end, when you're finishing, that's actually when it's the worst in our family is because it's like all these annoying little things that just have to yes. get done and no one wants to do them. Um, yes. So I relate to this four minute, was it was four minutes of curse words or something like that? It was just like this long drawn out. Yes. Beautiful I mean, rendition of <laughs> frustration. <laughs> like in general, I'm, I'm a fairly profane person. We'll just put it that way. But for social media, it's, it, unless it really adds to something, I try to keep it almost totally clean. Yeah. Um, but I had a couple people who were like, is this real? Like you guys are never <laughs> mad. You're never fighting. You're never <laughs> like, is this actually real? And I'd been filming for a YouTube video and I happened to, to capture Brandon just with the most beautiful nonstop string of profanity. It was, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the, the thing is, is we do get very frustrated. We get very mad at things, you know, hammers occasionally get flung out windows and th that happens, mm -hmm. but we both think profanity is funny. So usually we try to come up with the most outrageous combination of words yeah, to make right. one or the other of us laugh, which tends to break the tension of whatever is frustrating us. And then we can kind of laugh, calm down and get back to what we were doing. Yeah. But I think, I think that's like a play evolution of sorts, right? Because mm -hmm. if you can break that tension, if you can make somebody laugh, if you can refocus the attention towards the task in a lighter way, it's always going to make that better. You know, I mean, it's just like mm -hmm. the class clown turns into the office entertainer, right? Like yes. it, it kind of, it, we need that. And it, so I feel like it's sort of a sophistication of maybe that, um, yes. that playful person that can turn around the situation and actually get you to refocus. And I have one son who always tries to make everybody laugh in a tense situation and sometimes it works and sometimes it's like dude you need it like just step out of the room like just now's not the time yes but it's but i've learned that that is a that's a talent mm -hmm. i mean i can't i can't do that on the fly and especially when i'm the one that's frustrated it's a little yep. bit like you know walking into the war zone if you, yeah you know like the crosshairs and let's not maybe yep. do that with yeah. mom most of the time but exactly. I think it's something to be encouraged. I think the world needs more of it. I think we need to be able to turn ourselves around and refocus to the positive and mm -hmm. let off some steam, but then mm -hmm. laugh about it and get back to work. I mean, it's sort of just instead of wallowing or being in the, you know, the pit of despair or whatever, instead of like just staying mm -hmm. there, let's turn it around and make it better. Yeah. And this... A lot of this too, I've, I've talked about my mom a lot, but my dad is one of the funniest people ever that I've ever met. And our whole family, my brother is a fantastic storyteller. My mom's very over the top and silly. And, and so at, it was me, my brother and my mom, my dad. So the four of us together were pretty darn funny. And so we dealt with stress as a family, usually by figuring out how to laugh about it. We might, we might tussle, we might bicker we might be kind of tense for a little bit but anything that was really stressful we had to figure out a way to laugh through and because of that that has carried me into you know kind of how I am now is that I I take things seriously that need to be taken seriously but I don't I'm not necessarily serious about them mm -hmm. like okay, I'm, I'm you know we have foundation issues that we have to deal with in the room that we're working on now and that's going to be a big pain we're gonna have to figure something out I'm taking that seriously but I'm going to giggle my way through the entire process because right. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's ridiculous and it's insane and we're gonna have to dig up dirt and it's gonna be filthy and it's gonna be messy right but you can be grumpy about that or you can figure out how to be if not happy at least amused by it there you go oh I like that tagline if not happy 
just amused. Like just amused. Yeah. It's like you don't have to say like, I love digging in the dirt and I love loading a 30 cubic yard dumpster. Like nobody says that, but you can be vaguely amused by certain things that are happening. It's just about choosing your outlook. You you can can't choose what's going to happen to you. I'm sure I know I know people have said this before, but you can't choose what's gonna happen to you, but you can choose how you look at it. Yeah. And I think I think that oh well, if we could just kind of shift all of our focus about it. Especially, I mean, hello, 2020. Let's yeah. just like, make that the last, you know, quarter of the year. Let's just figure out how to make that our mantra. Yeah. Because at this point, it is laughable. It's like, what is going on? What? In the- it's, it's ridiculous. It's, ridiculous. it's ridiculous. like, oh, oh, that other ridiculous thing that's never, that was never, ever going to happen happened. Cool. Cool. Great. Yeah. Right that's on top awesome. of the previous three. So it's really, yeah. it's really yeah. awesome. It's-, it's really amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Tell me about how, um, like, why you think we feel better when we play. So let's maybe shift gears just a little bit in going from how the imaginative process kind of, you know, and um, turning things to humor kind of changes things. But how maybe when you take time to actually refocus your attention on something that brings you joy and makes you feel more playful, how do you think we benefit from that? I think we spend a lot of times as adults telling ourselves not to do things. You, you're not doing that. Don't eat that. Don't go there. All of these things that we should do in order to be a good person or the right kind of adult. And a lot of times the things that are playful are things that we necessarily shouldn't do. And there's no reason that you really shouldn't do them. It's just that nobody does. So. I fully think that everybody enjoys being a little bit of a rebellion. Maybe that's just me. A little bit of a a, A rebel. Rebel. There we go. There's the word. Not a rebellion. (laughs) Hopefully no one's an entire rebellion by themselves. Yeah, single rebellion right here. I'm I'm a whole rebellion. (laughs) Um, I think it feels kind of good to, to be unusual, I think. Maybe that's just me. But a lot of times I think the play comes from doing something that we're not supposed to do. For example, just before this, I was browsing fabric samples because I have a wicker settee in my kitchen that I'm going to make a Halloween settee cover for with pillows. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at all of the fabrics and I was thinking of, you know, nice, sensible Halloween fabrics that you should put on your settee because that's what's proper, I guess, to put on a settee. And then I found this black and white striped circus tent looking canvas stuff and it's completely outrageous and and it should never be used in home decor seriously (laughs) but it made me so happy and I are I saw it and I was already talking to myself like that's too crazy that's too bold you can't put that on your settee right but then it's like why why not why not I mean yes I I show my house to lots of people but most people don't most people, it's like your family, right. maybe the neighbor's kids or something. Most people don't have a house that is seen by thousands and thousands of people. So if it makes you really happy to just hang something up that's silly or to wear a, you know, like a, a feathery masquerade mask or something while you're cleaning the bathroom, why not do it? And I think that is the value of this adult play is figuring out what things you actually shouldn't do to be, you know, you're a good person, don't do these things. Right. But then right. what things are you telling yourself you shouldn't do because of some faceless person out there who might see you and make fun of you? Agreed. Yeah. Well, and I think we, we put way too much value on the people that will probably never pay attention and never even care. We put way too much value on those people and not enough value in how much we bring to the table. If we're happier and healthier and, and and thinking more creatively, we bring more value with things that light us up than we do with things that will quote unquote, get us in trouble. Right. And, and even what's so kind of disheartening is that the things that make people so happy are really small. People don't need much encouragement. It's, it's like wearing, you know, silly socks that everybody can see or wearing a long flowy dress or carrying a basket to get your groceries instead of reusable shopping bags. Like it's, it's so simple. These things that will make us infinitely happier. And, and then we just don't do them because somebody somewhere might, you know, 
say you're acting like a child. Yes. Happened to me. It's like, why, why are you so excited? You're acting like a child. I'm like, well, What's the thank problem you. with acting like a child? Like, yeah, especially I'm like, a way I, bell-behaved one. I don't make a mess in public. I right. don't know not to spill. And it's just, it, it's not even, you know, screaming or temper tantrums. It's just, I got really excited about a light fixture. And that was apparently not okay. It's like, what is going on in your life that that's not okay? It's like, this is, this is happiness. That's actually really sad. Like if you you can't get excited about your own house and something that, you know, that's lovely that you put in your own house, what in the world? Like, what does the rest of your life look like? Right. Your house is where you're supposed to come and be home and be happy and Mm -hmm. be 100% yourself without having to deal with anybody else and if you can't be happy about what's in your house what are you doing <laughs> Let, we might need to get you find you somebody to talk to that let's talk about that yes, can i send can i send you a teddy bear I know. can i do that can i, can I help you somehow like, like on Maybe your journey you need here. a basket <laughs> yeah well and i think it's i think people get so weighed down by those hard things that they forget that those hard things I mean, you can make them lighter. I mean, you can't make them easier, mm-hmm. but you might be able to make them easier to swallow for yes. half a minute by saying, hey, I really like that new pack of pencils and I'm going to put them in my purse and I'm going to carry them with me and I will know that they're there and no one else has to know. And who the hell cares? Who, who the heck cares about, <laughs> about pencils that I like? Exactly. It it shouldn't matter to anybody else what I like because they don't have to like it and they don't actually get to decide for me. Yeah. We don't actually, I I feel like we know these things. We logically know them, but we don't actually really live them. And I think that's what play brings out is we, it's like a chance to actually live it. You get Mm -hmm. a chance to actually live that little spark of joy every day or, you know, during the hard times. Choosing choosing that happiness, choosing to be happy, even in really bad situations. Right. Yeah. My, my mother recently has been fairly sick and I was sitting in a hospital room with her and it was, it was another hospital. We went back. It was just, it had been an ongoing thing. And she, she looks over and she goes, well, I have a flower. And there was a picture on the wall of a rose, which is a big picture of a red rose. And she's like, I have my flower and I, I like my flower. My flower is really pretty. And it's just like, that is so hard mm-hmm. to do when you are feeling awful or when you're in the middle of something terrible to look at something and still say, you know what? I, I have, I have enough problems for, for 9,000 people right now, but I'm going to make them just a tiny little bit better by choosing to be happy. Or choosing to pretend that I'm, you know, darning socks in my 1905 kitchen or choosing to pretend that I'm a a fairy princess or something just just in my head for a little bit. I'm just pretending or imagining is just going to make it a little bit better for just a second. Yes. Yeah. And it's like a little escape or a little, um, it's just a little reprieve of Mm -hmm. the entire weight of the situation. And yeah. I wish just more people would embrace that a little bit more. I feel like it's hard. It's really, well, (laughs) it's really hard and there's a lot of judgment about it, but I wish we would all just judge each other a little less on that. I mean, they're just trying to have a good day. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That can, that can go, you know, so many different ways for them, but it, hopefully it just rubs off on you. Like, Oh, I could actually choose to have a good day too. Imagine that if we all imagined having a good day, <laughs> what that could that, mean. That's actually been my experience with social media is that I have people daily who send me their chairs that they find at the thrift store or their, their basket that they got for 50 cents. And mm-hmm. they just are so excited about it. They want to share it with someone. And I, I, of course, am like, yes, you got a basket. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's, I think if there are people who are willing to be this excited and willing to be this outwardly excited and deal with the the weird people who don't think you should be excited, then that translates to other people who can then translate to other people. And mm-hmm. then it can kind of just propagate out from that. Yes. Well, and I, I hope that also when you see somebody really enjoying their day, maybe check yourself a little bit if you're judging them harshly and say, yeah. Hey, look, they're, they're working on them. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that as working on me 
for seeing them working on them. Like, I'm just going to scale it back just a little bit and, mm -hmm. you know, let it put a smile on my face, you know? Yes. And it's like <laughs> we were driving down the street and we had been somewhere, I, maybe a soccer game, one of my sons hadn't won or something. So the feeling in the car was a little bit rain, Johnny <laughs> rain cloud a little bit maybe. And um, <laughs> there was a guy in a, on a motorcycle. He had a sidecar on the motorcycle. And his golden retriever was sitting in the sidecar and the golden retriever had goggles, like <laughs> aviator goggles. And it was like the best thing we saw for like weeks. I mean, we would still remember that dog that was in the sidecar, right? And it's like the dumbest thing, but I'll bet that guy was just like, I'm going to buy a motorcycle. Like I like motorcycles. Why wouldn't I like a motorcycle? I'm going to get it. So he gets a motorcycle and he's like, I have a sidecar. What am I going to do with the sidecar? I'm going to get a dog. Now I'm going to put the dog in the sidecar and the dog's going to learn how to just sit there. And then of course it's like, well, the dog obviously needs equipment. The dog yes. needs goggles. I mean, like take it to so many different levels that, I mean, it still brings so much joy to my heart knowing that, I mean, he was an older gentleman and probably late seventies. I mean, like this isn't young spry yeah. you know, and his dog was young. So I'm sure he's keeping up with his dog still. But it was, it brings so much joy to just know that somebody thought through that process. Somebody was having the time of their life and they just brought so many smiles to so many people's faces. Cause I can't imagine anybody seeing that scenario and not going like, way to go, man. Like, <laughs> you're really living your best life. You know, yes. that's the best case scenario for, for that little setup. And I, yeah. I wish we would all do that more. And, and he just someone who went out of their way to do something that made them happy because it's, it's a little bit of play and dress up to oh, put goggles totally. on your dog <laughs> totally. and then that had such an effect on you and your family obviously and who knows how many other people have right. seen him yes. with that dog and it just made them better so it's like if you're happy and you're genuinely happy for a, a good reason and someone else sees that well-adjusted people are going to also become happy with you. It's contagious. It legitimately yeah. is contagious. Yes. You just can't help but let it lighten your load. It's it's contagious. And I, mm -hmm. in a world of we're all worried about contagions at the moment, I wish we would, you know, be a little more occupied with that contagion. Mm -hmm. You know, if, I, mm -hmm. if I'm happy, I spread it. You know, yes. I can pick it's it up and be lifted by others as well. Yes. Yeah. Finding your happiness and then sharing it will help other people be happier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So a couple more, let's see, we're running at 45 minutes, okay. which is awesome. Mm. This is great content. <laughs> <I'm> um, glad. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so tell me, okay, we're going to do two more things. One, I want you to tell me mm. your absolute favorite thing you did to play in, let's say the last year. What was like the best moment of play you've had in the last year? And then I want you to tell me if you could leave behind one thing in the world, like one saying or one, you know, set of something that would bring joy to anybody who heard it, what would that be? <clears throat> okay. Play in the last year. For, okay, playing in the last year for the, or let's see, up until November of last year, I worked as an engineer and that involved jeans, steel toed shoes and sweatshirts pretty much every single day of my life. Mm -hmm. And that just is not very fun. <laughs> it can be fun, <laughs> but it could also be much more fun. So once I quit to do social media, I had a bit of a fashion crisis. I was like, am I supposed to be very serious? And, you know, and I wear all black and I'm, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> business person now. And I do all of these things. My, my washer and dryer is singing. Hold on. <laughs> awesome. My, my neighbor is having a tree chopped down. So I'm sure oh, that's perfect. Lovely. Yeah. It's perfect. <clears throat> um, so I, I tried the, you know, very serious, I'm, I'm starting a business thing and that didn't really work. I tried a couple other things and that didn't really work. And I guess in about the last two months, we have a tiny little lo local thrift store and they're the sweetest ladies. It's all volunteer run. I love this place. Mm -hmm. um, and I walked in there and I found these two skirts 
and they were floor length and they were kind of lacy and kind of just just utterly fabulous and fairyish mm-hmm. and i bought them and i started wearing them just to do normal things like we got chickens this year so i would go out to feed the chickens and i would do it in my fabulous skirt and i swear you have not had fun until you are in a barn feeding chickens in a skirt i mean oh, yeah. if that doesn't transport you back into like 1910 sure. i don't know what will yeah so it's it's almost I now have enough dresses that I've gotten from the thrift store um, that pretty much every day I put on a costume almost and I float around my my 1905 farmhouse and I feel like I'm somebody else. I'm like, I'm a character <laughs> in my life and this is the best thing. So it's not necessarily one moment of like, now, now we're playing, although that's coming up with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more just giving myself permission to wear the kinds of clothes that make me feel like I'm playing in the last couple months. And it's just been, it's fun to get up and get dressed now. <laughs> like it used to hate it be like, oh, I guess we're going to do pajama pants and a sweatshirt again. But now it's like, are we going to wear the blue skirt or are we going to wear the white skirt? Yes. Well, it's just like exciting. A little bit of excitement is never a mm-hmm. bad thing. Yeah. It's like, all day you have these tiny decisions that you have to make and there's thousands of them and if there's a way to make any of them more fun I think that is a good thing yeah do it I think always do it fits. yeah yeah and I I just thought of um <clears throat> if there if there was something to to leave for people that they could remember uh it's something that I adopted about a year ago as kind of a guiding morality because I, I love psychology and I love philosophy and I love diving into all that stuff and, and thought experiments but I came ac- I thought of one I didn't read it anywhere as far as I know I thought of it and it really stuck and it was that whenever I do anything I try to think will this increase the net good in the world if there's a huge bucket of good in the world and I do this thing is it going to help more than it harms and I don't always win because sometimes I I get my little you know myself in a tizzy and I I, yes I'm human and I lash out and I that's you know one too many annoying YouTube comments and I fire back but for the most part I really try to think is this actually going to do any good or is it going to increase the net good or is it going to make anything better and if not I try to leave it alone I and I found that great advice. If people would take that to heart, I, <laughs> I second that. It's, yeah, <laughs> good. Um, and it just, to me, it feels very clear cut because it's, you know, it, it forces you to think about the consequences of what you're doing. Think about how this could propagate out into the world. And then also if, if it's, you know, an outcome that you're not sure of, then a little bit of restraint or hesitating, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and a lot of times, even, even when I think I'm doing something for, for the net good, other, other people don't like it. And it's like, well, okay, that, that didn't work out, but it allows me to make sure that I'm doing things that I'm proud of. And that at the end of my life, I've lived a life that I'm like, I screwed up. I made some mistakes, but my reaction to them and how I conducted myself on the whole, I'm proud of. Yeah. And your value system has not been violated. Your value system holds true. And I think that's, that's really what we all sort of innately desire. So -hmm. to have focus on that, I feel like really does add a ton of value. So that's great. Awesome. Thank you. Also, I just wanted to thank you for doing such an amazing job on bringing light to the world and saying like, Hey, it's okay to be excited. It's okay to take pride in your own work. It's okay to say, this makes me happy and this is why, and it doesn't have to make you happy, but here's my exhibition of happiness. And it's really, really great and refreshing and the world needs more of it. So thank you for sharing. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me on. I never even heard of your podcast. I'm really excited now. I'm going to go listen to stuff because this is, it. it's huge. Once, once we have kids, the play thing, um, I know it's going to just, <laughs> it's okay. very, very important. Yes. It's well, and it's, I think that <clears throat> everybody has a different perception of it. So I also think there's no way to do it wrong. Like there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no wrong way to imagine yourself playing. So, I mean, as long as it's not illegal guys, let's just, right. We'll draw the line at illegal illegal (laughs) for a reason, but, um, (laughs) but you know, there's no, I think just saying it's okay 
And the more people that just give permission, it just allows more joy to spread in the world. And there's nothing yes. wrong with that. Yeah, you're awesome. Thank you so, so much. You're and um, I really hope you have a great day. It's a good Tuesday. You too. You yeah. too. I can't wait to listen to it. Oh, what a great interview that was. She was so fun to have on. And it was a real pleasure to connect with someone face to face. I mean, through a screen still, but I've only briefly interacted with online messaging through social media. So it was really fun to actually have a conversation in person. And Paige has a real excitement for the little things in life. And it's actually pretty contagious. You can probably hear in um, how I changed my voice during that interview. Okay, here are three things I picked up from her during our interview. Number one, be a character in your own life. It's about you, so you might as well own it. Number two, try and increase the net good in the world. Every day, try and increase the net good around you. Number three, there is no wrong way to play unless it's harming someone else. But other than that, find your way to play at least every day. Finally, what struck me most about Paige is her playful nature. She also can interact kindly and concisely and wants to truly inspire people through her contributions. She's building the life she wants piece by piece sometimes, and that is a beautiful thing. I want you to check out her social media pages, and I will for sure link those in the show notes. This podcast is fueled by my family's mission for play at the Oliver Fund. The Oliver Fund sends playthings to children in hardship all over the world, but now including right here in our own community. Because we believe that to have the ability to work hard, there is value in playing well. You can find out more online at theoliverfund.org or find us on social media at The Oliver Fund and at Art of Play Podcast. If you love this episode, please will you do me a favor and go to Apple Podcasts and write a review or share with a friend you think would love it. The more the word gets out, the more we are able to share our playful message with others. Here's to leaving you to your weekend a little more hopeful and hopefully more happily playful, if only for five minutes. <laughs>